we're getting close to thanksgiving just hours away from turkey day 2019 hello there i'm john rawl your gracious host of the y'all show talk with a southern accent you can find us on all kinds of streaming apps iHeartRadio, tune in radio apple podcast as well and we encourage you to go to y'all.com that's y-a-l-l.com y-a-l-l.com for all of you who like that kind of way of explaining how to find our show go there and you'll see the y'all show put up each and every day as well as other incredible content about the south and you'll find that again at y-a-l-l.com and we are so glad that you've taken the time to join us here as we are getting ready for thanksgiving but until that time you can sit back and enjoy a great two hours of southern talk courtesy of the show that's all about dixie this is y'all we've got headlines from across the southeast here to get to in a just a second and then we'll move over later in this hour to give you some political headlines we've got information of some of our democratic contenders for president in the south and what they've had to say over the last couple of days as part of our southern political report that's coming your way at the end of this hour when we get to hour number two of today's y'all show tuesday edition we'll have sports land yap we'll look around various sports including college football but also nfl football and weigh in on that and i've got my own nfl observations from a first-hand standpoint i attended my first nfl game in about 20 years <laughs> over the past weekend and i'll share with you what i saw and and uh, i'm just kind of kind of flattered had a great time too we'll weigh in on nfl college football and a little bit more in our sports land yet in the start of the second hour and then we'll go over to our friend the barrister of bodacious barbecue and big 12 football matt hermans as we've got bedlam taking place this last weekend of the college football regular season and also we'll get his take on what happened in week 13 close game with tcu and oklahoma and man kansas state had a great win at texas tech we'll get his thoughts on those games but what's going on in this final 14th weekend of college football in the big 12 conference specifically we'll get matt here mistake on that and then we're not going to have the fella come on here without sneaking out the back door and not talking a little food and since he is our barrister of bodacious barbecue this week we've got him talking about turkey and Matt Hermans will be coming on to tell us about brine and turkey and roasting your turkey for Thanksgiving Day. And if you have not begun the process, you better listen to what Matt Hermans has to say, as well as some of the thoughts coming from y'all.com. As our editor at y'all, Clark Shelton, has got some incredible knowledge up on our website about brining and roasting turkey, as well as our entire holiday guide is up at y'all.com. And you can get linked to that on the pages of yall.com right this very second. And you'll be all set for Thanksgiving and Christmas. And heck, we'll even throw in as an added value bonus, New Year's 2020. <laughs> all that at y'all.com. Hey, if you want to connect to us, our number is 803-816-1170. That is a number to call or text. 803-816-1170. Twitter, Instagram, we're at y'all show and a programming note we have this show today we have a show coming your way wednesday we will have a best of on thursday if you're listening to us on some of our radio affiliates you might get that encore episode on thanksgiving day hey you're going to be with family you're going to be watching nfl football and a little let's see thursday evening there's at least one college football game the the egg bowl between the land sharks of the university of mississippi and the mississippi state bulldogs as the dogs look to get a six win and go 
Bolin, but their rivals from Oxford, the school up north, goes to Starkville, and possibly the Land Sharks will they'll take a big bite out of Bully, and the Bully will be sitting at home for the holidays if the Sharks ended up winning that one Thursday night in Stark Vegas at Davis Wade Stadium. But that that's what's going on Thursday, so you need to take a little break from y'all. We understand. We'll be right back here on Friday, and we'll have our y'all kickoff show predicting Saturday's games going on in college football and we've got the iron bowl going on this weekend you've got the palmetto bowl clemson and south carolina you also have kentucky and louisville taking place here this rivalry weekend all of that will be spotlighted on the friday edition of the y'all kickoff show so plenty of good stuff just don't think we're taking the week off like some of you might be doing and if you are taking the entire week off that is awesome (laughs) but if you're having to work some of the week like most of us then you understand where we're coming from and let me go ahead and remind you how appreciative and let me use the buzzword thankful during this thanksgiving week how thankful we are that you listen to the y'all show and participate and have this show that's all about y'all well looking at headlines from across the southeast today as we get our show up and going to durham north carolina we go and unfortunately two people are dead in a shooting at a north carolina doctor's office in durham as the durham police department they released this information that on monday at 8 a.m a man and woman were found dead as these two people were found with gunshot wounds at this doctor's office captain bishop told police uh, she's with the police she told reporters the building was quickly secured and no suspect on the loose she declined to answer questions about whether the people knew each other or to what led the to the shooting this happened in the vicinity of the unc family medicine center in durham and again two people dead there at this doctor's office in durham north carolina on monday unfortunate news here this thanksgiving week a bizarre story coming to us from georgia as a kennesaw state women's basketball player kamaya street has now turned herself in according to fulton county sheriff's office spokesperson tracy flanagan and this starting point guard for the kennesaw state owls women's basketball team is one of five people now indicted on charges including murder in the july killing of a man who was found shot to death in the parking deck of an atlanta apartment complex and again this ksu basketball player kamaya street turning herself in to the fulton county sheriff's office kennesaw state university's athletic department said in a statement that once it found out about the arrest on thursday of last week she was suspended indefinitely from the team and athletic activities street remained in the fulton county georgia jail on monday without bond online court records did not list an attorney who could commit or comment on her behalf her arraignment set for december 13th street and the four men named in the indictment all face charges including murder felony murder attempt to commit armed robbery aggravated assault with a deadly weapon and possession of a firearm during the commission of a felony and again she's part of a a couple of people now all as part of this murder that happened over the summer a very good basketball player for kennesaw state but now in jail for the time being charged with murder in kennesaw and in georgia there with the atlanta police now north carolina a tow truck a tow truck operator has shot a driver while the driver was trying to haul away a car and durham this is another story coming from durham north carolina the suspect identified as 24 year old brandon ice q has been charged with assault with a deadly weapon and second degree kidnapping 
They say police that he worked for Unlimited Recovery. The manager of that business declined comment, declined to say whether the man had an attorney. But according to the police there in Durham, this tow truck, tow truck operator shot and wounded a driver who argued with his attempt to haul away the person's vehicle. And the police say the argument began Friday at an apartment complex when the suspect tried to tow the vehicle with the driver still inside of it. Police say the driver was slashed and shot in the chest during the struggle. And now this man is charged with assault with a deadly weapon after this argument trying to tow away someone's car when they were still inside of it what a idiot and he's going to go to jail for quite some time there unless he can prove that his life was in danger in durham this tow truck operator now how about some tips we've got thanksgiving coming your way you might want to know a few things to get your turkey just right for the holiday well hey one thing you might want to do is stop washing your thanksgiving turkey because this could spread germs sure enough that's the the latest information coming from some of the experts in the food sanitation business as one professor drusilla banks says if your mother did it and your grandmother did it and suddenly the government says not to wash your turkey you may take some time to adjust so you can go ahead and wash things like your cranberries and green beans and potatoes but these food experts say don't repeat don't wash the turkey before popping it in the oven for thanksgiving day because the washing of a turkey could spread germs lurking on your turkey into your kitchen sink or nearby food it's been a challenge trying to convince convince cooks to stop doing this what washing raw poultry is a very smart thing to not do so do not wash your and yeah have you ever been around a kitchen sink on thanksgiving day it's 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 kind of got an aroma there that i understand where these experts are coming from maybe the aroma isn't just great turkey there's a lot of germs on that turkey the germs that can make people sick are common in the guts of healthy poultry like turkey and are legally allowed to be on raw turkey and chicken again legally they're perfectly allowed to be there but just because they're there does not mean you want to wash them on down and linger in your kitchen sink the assumption is that nobody eats their poultry rare and that thorough cooking will kill the bacteria so it's possible you got two common causes of food poisoning salmonella and campylobacter they're on the turkey according to mindy mashears a food safety official with the department of agriculture u.s department of agriculture to boot and the usda says that the do not wash raw poultry advice is relatively new and perhaps hasn't caught on because it goes against the ingrained belief that washing makes things clean so again this year the new mantra from the usda do not wash that bird to ensure a bird a thanksgiving turkey is thoroughly cooked though use a thermometer to check that the deepest and thickest parts of the turkey have reached 165 degrees when it's at 165 it's cooked and you're not going to have any kind of issues with germs or food poisoning and such if it's cooked to at least 165 and the thickest parts as researchers they've sprayed raw chicken with a harmless strain of e coli and have watched volunteer cooks at, at the kitchens testing this stuff and that's why they're doing all this stuff to try to limit how many people get sick and some people can die from eating this bad poultry so let's be careful out there there's this thanksgiving let's do the right thing okay going forward and again let me repeat do not wash turkeys 2019 hashtag don't wash turkeys 2019 
let it cook 165 is that magic number now to some financial news i know y'all want to have some financial news here thanksgiving week charles schwab is buying td ameritrade in a 26 billion dollar stock swap an agreement accelerated by massive disruption in the online brokerage industry as competitive pressure has already forced brokerages to make it free for customers to trade u.s stocks online and schwab's buyout combines two of the biggest players in the industry so charles schwab and td ameritrade which is based out of omaha nebraska a 26 billion dollar stock swap as swab buying td ameritrade in a brokerage blockbuster and if you follow the financial industry this is certainly a monster deal as td ameritrade stockholders will will receive 1.0837 schwab shares for each td ameritrade share they own and this gives schwab about 12 million client accounts trillion dollars in client assets and approximately five billion dollars in annual revenue a a big old deal going on in the financial industry this week and by the way the corporate headquarters of the combined company will eventually relocate to schwab's new campus in westlake texas how about that so westlake texas is going to be the new home of this combined charles schwab td ameritrade company great news for texas great news for everybody especially if you have stock in one or both of these companies how about this story coming from the classroom in newport ritchie florida jw mitchell high school began using synthetic frogs for educational dissections last week and the superintendent of pasco county says it's the first school in the world to use this technology synthetic frogs because the lives of real frogs are being spared at a cost of 150 dollars per synthetic frog a developer out of tampa sindaver received funds from people for the ethical treatment of animals to help create the syn frog the sin frog and so no frogs being harmed at this high school's science class when they're carving into what they call synthetic frogs as sin daver says the fake frogs are made of water fibers and salt and can be reused the founder and ceo dr christopher sexley's says the synthetic frogs are also safer because there are no potentially harmful chemicals PETA says three million frogs are killed for classroom use each year so maybe you'll have a synthetic frog to dissect if you're a kid in your high school science class thanks to this florida-based company out doing great work with sindaver if it, it if it works that's a good thing i'll tell you what i still have nightmares not dissecting frogs but i had to dissect a pig in college i'm pretty sure it could have been high school it might have been both and that smell do y'all know what i'm talking about the smell of a a pig the little tiny pig you had to cut up and research that i just can't get it out of me oh uh, okay whatever that stuff they put in them to preserve them it's just disgusting all right along the same lines we come to a story coming from north carolina not exactly the same lines this one's a little bit more redneck than it is science but in north carolina a student's photo of a nail salon employee allegedly butchering a deer in the middle of the store has gone viral so if you want to go to a nail salon that doubles as a butchery a butcher for deer meat you might want to 
uh, skipped this place in North Carolina. As a student at High Point University, Morgan Taylor was spying the Diamond Nails. She was there and she saw what was going on at the Diamond Nails in the High Point area. And she put out on Twitter and Instagram, hunting for a new nail salon in High Point, North Carolina. Talk about multitaskers, manicures, pedicures, and amateur deer butchers. Oh, dear. D-E-E-R. And sure enough, there there's a photo of a woman on the floor of this nail salon just butchering what looks to be deer meat. The post got 4,500 shares on Facebook, and someone said, shut them down ASAP. I can imagine so there at the Diamond Nails. I doubt too many people want to go get their nails done and have the carcass of a deer somewhere right around the corner. (laughs) And the North Carolina Board of Cosmetic Art Examiners said that they have, uh, Taylor said she never visited the salon before, but did report what she found to the North Carolina Board of Cosmetic Art Examiners. So the NCBCAE is very aware of diamond nails in High Point, North Carolina, and I bet you they might just get shut down temporarily perhaps permanently with the decision to serve as a nail salon slash butcher shop for deer meat the y'all show's got more headlines from across the south that we're going to get to we also have political headlines from dixie that we'll get to in our southern political report and all of that is just ahead do not change that radio station we'll be right back Message and data rates may apply. See purple.com for terms and conditions. It's Purple's biggest, comfiest Black Friday sale ever. Save up to $400 when you pair a Purple mattress with a premium sleep bundle. Make this shopping holiday simple and stress-free with the comfiest bundles ever made. Complete your Purple setup and get up to $200 off a mattress, plus up to another $200 off when you bundle two pillows, sheets, and a mattress protector. That's up to $400 off your order. It's time to feel the mattress you've been hearing about. The Purple mattress is the only mattress with the one, the only, the Purple Grid. It's the cool, innovative, no-pressure support that feels like you're floating. An experience that you cannot get with any other mattress. Shop great, then sleep great with Purple this holiday season. Take advantage of our best Black Friday sale ever and save up to $400 when you buy a mattress and premium sleep bundle by texting OFFER to 84888. Sleep great through the holidays and get up to $400 off by texting OFFER to 84888. That's O-F-F-E-R to 84888. Message and data rates may apply. TNC and privacy terms can be found at babble.com slash terms. Please don't text and drive. Have you wanted to speak a new language, but you thought it'd be too hard or take too much time? Then try Babbel for free by texting WORLD to 64000. In just 15 minutes a day, you'll be on your way to speaking a new language in just a few weeks. And right now, you can try Babbel for free. Babbel starts out teaching you words and phrases by matching them with pictures. You won't believe how easy the interactive program is. Soon the sentences get a little bigger, and before you know it, you're having simulated conversations voiced by native speakers. And because Babbel is crafted by language experts and uses the spaced repetition method, in just 10 to 15 minutes a day, you'll be speaking the language of your choice with real confidence. With Babbel, you can speak a language. Just text WORLD to 64000 and start your first lesson in the language of your choice for free. Download the Babbel app or text WORLD to 64000 and try it for free. Text W-O-R-L-D to 64000. We got married in a fever 
Hotter than a pepper sprout We've been talking about Jackson Ever since the fire went out I'm going to Jackson I'm gonna mess around Continuing on with headlines from across the Southeast, this is Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent with your host, John Rawl. And how about this? I don't know where you are in the South today, but one day over the weekend, I was bundled up with about three layers of clothes. And then come Monday, I had to break out the shorts and the short sleeve shirt because it was summertime weather again. And I know in the South, we pride ourselves on just that aspect, especially when we get into months like November and December. You got to bundle up one day and cut on all heaters in your house. And then the next day you got to do the reverse and break out the shorts and flip that air conditioner switch back on and endure 80 and 90 degree temperatures in some areas of the South. Sure enough, it can get that way here as we get close to the holidays. So welcome to the South. And if you don't like it in about five minutes, it'll change back to some other form of weather pattern. Well, speaking of the weather, as we start our headlines or continue on with our headlines, the 2019 Atlantic hurricane season, according to some The U.S. dodged the hurricane bullet, and that was true as the hurricane season for 2019, in this country at least, could have been and maybe in some cases was predicted to be a whole lot worse as the hurricane season is about to shut down for the year. The season ends officially November 30th, and we've had eight named storms on the records going back and that is great news there the damage thus far for the u.s in 2019 for hurricanes it's been about 13.9 billion dollars in damage across the region but that's well below the estimated 50 billion dollars from last year and in 2017 we had a 220 billion dollar damage estimate for the hurricane seasons there now we certainly don't want to leave out what happened in the bahamas as that area was just pummeled by the hurricane that came through in what was that August, early September, that was that was awful, no doubt about it. And we had areas in the Carolinas that had to evacuate, and we saw that hurricane come and skirt the coastline. But if, uh, ultimately, it was not as bad as some expected, and so we're very, very careful and very happy about dorian because dorian was a category five storm that stalled out over the bahamas for more than 36 hours killing almost 70 and man it just destroyed grand bahama island and we thought that was going to come and do much more damage in the u.s but unfortunately or fortunately i should say unfortunately for the bahamas fortunately for florida georgia the carolinas virginia we got away with that storm kind of going a little bit more out to sea And that was a very, very welcome sign to this country. But don't want to underestimate the fact that we do have roughly $50 billion in damages here in this Atlantic hurricane season. But thankfully, that's about one-fourth of what we had just two years ago in damages. As storms, oftentimes, they make a direct hit on the Atlantic coast. This year, those storms that were a part of the Atlantic Ocean area of the south they stayed offshore, but they did cause hurricanes, or, or they rather they did call tor- tornadoes in some cases, and many cases flooding in parts of the southeast. So, good news: we're almost out of the hurricane season for the Atlantic and the Gulf Coast area. And hurricane season, I think, starts back in 
I think it might be June 1st of the official start of hurricane season. If it's not June 1st, it might be May 1st. But we'll have a couple of months, thanks to the winter, of not having to deal with monster storms in our tropics of the southeast. How about this story coming to us from Baltimore? I don't know if this is diversity or not. I don't think it is. But the Baltimore Museum of Art will only buy women's art in the new year. As they unveil the plans that they're only going to buy the art of women, right now only 4% of the museum's collection is by female artists. And as part of the Baltimore Museum of Art 2020 Vision Initiative, the BMA is going to showcase at least 20 exhibitions featuring art from a diverse range of women, including Alyssa Blount Moorhead. And for Moorhead, she first saw herself reflected in a work of art. It's not in a museum. It was at her parents' house, according to her, going through her dad's record albums. <laughs> and so, again, this art place in baltimore is going to only accept women's art in 2020 trying to make up for that divide of having only what i said four percent of the artwork now currently on display from women and if you only accept women's art in 2020 that will change the dynamics there at that art if you're telling me that van gogh an artwork could go on display they could buy a portion of it but they're going to turn Van Gogh down for some unknown woman just to show that they're only about women in 2020. That doesn't seem very smart, nor does it sound very artistic and diverse in 2020 if I were part of the Baltimore Museum of Art. But that the story there, don't often talk about art news, but we just did, so we can check that off on our list of accomplishments here on the y'all show hey let's go to the movies that's a theater art department we can talk about here on today's y'all show did you happen to go to the theater this past weekend and check out the new movies well chances are a lot of you went to see frozen 2 as it raked in 127 million dollars in its opening weekend the sequel to the successful frozen as elsa anna and olaf's adventures really helped bring in a lot of people to the box office again this debut with 127 million dollars domestically and how about this 350 million dollars brought in over the last couple of days in a worldwide raking in of the attendees to see the movie out frozen 2 as this is a walt disney company production and it broke a bunch of records it's the highest grossing debut ever for any animated film globally it also marks a new high in the u.s and canada for an animated movie released outside of the summer season it's also the largest opening day for any walt disney animation studios release frozen 2 as disney opted for the week ahead of thanksgiving to open up frozen 2 meaning it will get a significant second week bump from kids out of school the first frozen opened over thanksgiving and it earned 93 million dollars in five days and 67 million dollars for the three-day weekend but this is a tradition for many of you across the country and the south specifically a great break from family a great break from watching football you can go out and see new movies this is a huge week for movie premieres here this thanksgiving weekend and i know another movie out that i'm interested in seeing is ford v ferrari as it i think it only brought in about 16 million in its debut weekend i had a chance to see midway for the first time this past weekend i went to the movie theater and watched this great world war ii movie and it starred of all people woody harrelson was in there as he played 
uh, Admiral Nimitz from World War II. And who else was in there? Some other. Oh, Mandy Moore, the Florida singer, who is also an actress. She was in there. Great job in her role there as the wife of one of the pilots. I think Dick Best was her husband. And I was impressed. This is a movie Midway that's really uh, a second generation Midway movie as we had Torah, Torah, Torah. And other movies like that, Midway was a movie. Tora, 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 I think, was about Pearl Harbor, but shot back in the early 70s, I think. Charlton Heston and others, I think, were in that. But Midway was a great movie from the 60s and 70s. And this is a new Midway that has no connection to that other movie that was filmed. But this one was great. And I'm a, I'm a snob when it comes to war movies. Those are my favorite types of movies as I'm a history buff. And I'll have to give the companies and and some of the company was based out of china that made this newest midway and they did a good job i like the fact that they they really kind of kept to the actual events they didn't make up stuff just for the movie i'm sure some of it was made up but for the most part the basics were all correct and they based it on the real people that were at the battle of midway of 1942 out in the pacific this key little island west of hawaii where the japanese fleet came to to do a big launch in the months after pearl harbor and our intelligence knew where they were and we just had a trap set and they 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 stepped right right into the japs they stepped right into that trap and we sank a couple of their aircraft carriers and it was a huge turning point from that point on in world war ii our u.s navy had pretty much control over the entire pacific and and then we were able to get control over the skies and we were able to bomb the heck out of Japan. And ultimately, even though the little island hopping campaign was so deadly for many of our great people in the Army and the U.S. Marine Corps, we were able to have that nuclear launch on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. And that Enola Gay bomb that went from the Enola Gay down on the mainland of Japan brought an early i mean it was four years too late really because we should have never had the war but if we had not had the bombs go off on japan with president truman's decision to do that heck we might still be at war with japan Uh, hopefully not but it was going to be even more more deadly and that's why president truman made that decision to use technology to help try to bring a quick end to world war ii and those bombs of august 1945 led to a surrender a complete surrender of japan just weeks later and that we can all be thankful for as americans but okay sorry for my world war ii history lesson here on the y'all show but hey frozen 2 it's making history in its own way and great job there by the disney company for that don't know if you saw any of the nfl action from this weekend this should probably be a story in the sports headlines our sports land yap on today's y'all show but i just couldn't wait to talk about Dwayne haskins the maryland native who's now the starting quarterback for the washington redskins and the skins with a big win on sunday at home against the detroit lions and haskins actually was not part of the final play of the game because he was too busy taking selfies with fans how in the world does an nfl quarterback even get his hands on a telephone in the middle of a football game but that's what's happened as case keenum had to trot out and do the victory formation for washington's nfl franchise because the quarterback haskins was too busy taking selfies with fans and missed out on that and remember the redskins have an interim coach right now and that's a good thing for in fact i'm not the only one asking this question 
about how in the world he couldn't be out there. Joe Theismann, the great Redskins quarterback of the 80s, he actually put a tweet out. Joe Theismann said, how do you miss the last snap of a game because you're taking selfies that's unprofessional and wrong? Joe Theismann, who I still have, I was talking earlier about the the kind of memory I have from my childhood of having those pigs you had to dissect in biology class, that smell of that dissected pig in my head. I still got shocking memories of watching Joe Theismann's leg in that Monday night football game get broken and his leg was essentially taken off his his leg his leg was amputated it almost looked like he got hurt so bad and pretty much ruined his career from a playing standpoint but Joe Theismann a heck of a guy and still very active not only on television some but on Twitter it appears too and he he ain't having it there for his beloved Redskins to have a quarterback be distracted with taking selfies when he should be out on the gridiron enjoying his first victory as a starting quarterback how about this story too coming from the state of florida as a dog got trapped in a car and this dog trapped in a car decided to drive in circles for an hour this happened in a cul-de-sac in port st lucie florida and the dog named max managed to lock himself in the owner's car thursday of last week and then accidentally put the car somehow in reverse and the car just started driving in circles for almost an hour as the black lab retriever was left in the running car around 8 a.m. on Thursday after the owner made a wrong turn and left to check on something. And the Mac somehow hit the stick shift and put the 2003 Silver Mercury Sable in reverse. And it in this, luckily it was in a cul-de-sac. It started looping around and around with its doors locked. And the, the dog was <laughs> right there, this big old black lab, having a good time in the car. The car was still locked and running with the K-9 Explorer inside. Police attempted to use the spare key fob to unlock the door. Unfortunately, the battery was dead on the key fob, so the officers improvised there at Port St. Lucie and entered a code on the driver's side door keypad, which finally, it did the trick. And someone there said it was a pretty funny situation as Max the Lab is in good health after this round and round affair in a cul-de-sac after taking over this car and went on a nice little hour long not walk but ride <laughs> our our pets they sure are special well i was in nashville the other day walking on lower broadway and i would love to say this was me that did this but it was not me how about this great it's thanksgiving week a very good feel good story here in thanksgiving season to tell you about morgan clark is a singer on lower broadway and she was singing at the holiday inn express this past couple of days and she was shocked when she was performing there and she got a ten thousand dollar tip she said she was tearing down her equipment and she discovered a check for ten thousand dollars among her cash tips she said that she first thought it was a joke that someone was playing on her but when she looked closer she realized the check appeared to be real and then she looked back at the audience the man sitting at the back of the room stood up and walked toward her and she said thank you and morgan 
she got this ten thousand dollar check as a tip and she has a three night per week residency gig at the hilton garden inn on music row as she moved to nashville from new hampshire to pursue a music career i don't have the name of this person and for privacy concerns the person's information is kind of blurred out here on the release but it's an inspiration for everybody out there in the world of music that yeah you'll get your one dollar and five dollar tips but you might just get that big ten thousand dollar tip right there on nashville's music road and i will tell you it was not me but a very close y'all friend of mine i was on music row and on lower broadway this summer and we were at tootsie's orchid lounge a legendary country music venue which now has three levels and there are performances going on on all three levels of tootsie's in nashville and my friend who i was with probably had a drink or two too many but it wasn't too bad he 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 was probably still okay to drive to be honest with you but he was in town and he and i longtime friends and business partners we were at tootsie's and he was from way away from nashville so it wasn't too often he got to music city and we were both kind of taken back that there was not really good country music being played at a legendary tootsie's orchid lounge and so my friend decided hey i'm gonna go up and talk to the band he gave them a $100 bill, put it in the tip jar, and said, for the next hour, all I want to hear is country music. And you know what? That's all the band played for at least an hour was some good country music thanks to a $100 tip. So it wasn't $10,000 like Morgan got, but the band at Tootsie's was back to playing good country music with the uh, great applause from me for doing that because i love me some country music i also love me some white castle and if you're a floridian here as we wrap up our news stories from across the south this is probably the biggest news of the day as white castle is heading back to the sunshine state it has been 50 years since the ohio-based fast food chain had a florida presence and now florida is going to get some white castle restaurants in the orlando area as the company made the announcement at the future home of a white castle at the village of o-town west which is just off interstate four near walt disney world that's just the first see white castle's got to go in there and claim their stake and then they can just pour it on with lots more white castle locations in the sunshine state and there's a handful in other southern states like tennessee and in kentucky but i'll tell you as a guy who drives alabama mississippi georgia and the carolinas it is white castle desert right there no white castles and we want some white castles we also like crystal don't want to leave out that great company that has the roots in chattanooga that we know they're more southern than white castle but white castle is a pretty good option especially some of their desserts they got little donuts that are pretty neat there at white castles in addition to their incredible little burgers and 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 cheeseburgers oh ready that's just the perfect thanksgiving treat a little white castle and a little turkey well that will wrap up our news headlines when we come back after the timeout, we'll go to a few political stories going on in the southeast and we'll do that just after this break stay tuned to y'all from ooh, to 
Aww. Whatever reaction you're looking for this holiday, spread more joy with custom holiday cards, calendars, and photo gifts from Vistaprint. And now you can get special Black Friday prices with 60% off all holiday cards and calendars, plus save on other memorable photo gifts like canvas prints. So get our Black Friday prices until December 3rd with 60% off holiday cards and photo calendars, plus great deals on photo gifts at Vistaprint.com. Just enter code RADIO60 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, code RADIO60. Orangutans. They're beautiful playful and majestic and disappearing every day as many as 20 orangutans vanish they starve to death when their homes are destroyed or are killed when they stray into villages in search of food international animal rescue is fighting for the survival of the critically endangered orangutan but we can't do it without you please visit internationalanimalrescue.org and help us save orangutans before it's too late that's internationalanimalrescue.org Message and data rates may apply. TNC and privacy terms can be found at babble.com slash terms. Please don't text and drive. Have you wanted to speak a new language, but you thought it'd be too hard or take too much time? Then try Babbel for free by texting WORLD to 64000. In just 15 minutes a day, you'll be on your way to speaking a new language in just a few weeks. And right now, you can try Babbel for free. Babbel starts out teaching you words and phrases by matching them with pictures. You won't believe how easy the interactive program is. Soon the sentences get a little bigger, and before you know it, you're having simulated conversations voiced by native speakers. And because Babbel is crafted by language experts and uses the spaced repetition method, in just 10 to 15 minutes a day, you'll be speaking the language of your choice with real confidence. With Babbel, you can speak a language. Just text WORLD to 64000 and start your first lesson in the language of your choice for free. Download the Babbel app or text WORLD to 64000 and try it for free. Text W-O-R-L-D to 64000. Final segment of the first hour of Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent with your host, John Rawl. And we've got politics on our mind as we wrap up this hour. And we'll have our Southern political talk now, talking a little Joe Biden as he's out courting black mayors from the South for endorsements for the year 2020. And speaking of Joe Biden, we'll tell you that in some recent polling data, he still has a pretty good lead in most of the polls as The Economist has him out in front of, the let's see, Bernie Sanders, he's out in front of him 30 to 12. Biden's got the 30. As Elizabeth Warren, she's got 22. So it's Biden, Warren, Sanders in that particular poll. Most polls have these three as the contenders that are at the top. In the Politico poll, you got Biden at 32, you got Sanders at 20, and Elizabeth Warren is at 17. The poll that has the three of these up uh, around the same numbers, at least, the Emerson poll, and according to this poll, Biden and Bernie Sanders are tied with 27%, with Elizabeth Warren at 12 And some of these other people, like Buttigieg, he's got as high as nine in the Economist polling data. And others that are at least getting some traction are Kamala Harris and Yang has a few of the results come in in his favor. But the big three continue to be Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren. 
and biden's going to keep trying to go forward with his campaign especially in the south as it looks like he realizes that iowa is going to be a kind of a not so friendly result for him so he's betting on the south and he was just in atlanta courting keisha lance bottoms the mayor of atlanta to be someone who comes out in support of him as he was joined by the mayor the other day after they had the democratic debate in the city of atlanta and now he's gone to birmingham he's gone to little rock and jackson mississippi courting the mayors of those cities as well as the capital of the commonwealth of virginia richmond as joe biden is trying to get black voters to come his way and secure the democratic nomination and if you know anything about black politics or black the black presence in the southeast you gotta have the black vote if you want to walk away in the south at least with the nomination and the mayor of Columbia, South Carolina, New Orleans, and Birmingham have written open letters offering a roadmap for presidential campaigns seeking their endorsements. And the that calls for how they would address issues, affordable housing, for example, economic development, and support for small business. The mayor of Jackson, Mississippi, Chokwe Lumumba, says he's looking for a candidate who can prioritize the concerns of black voters in Mississippi, one of the poorest states the state has a black population that votes 98 percent democratic and that's not too uncommon in other states but i doubt too many states have a an entire race vote 98 percent democratic in the state of mississippi kamala harris is wanting to get some of that black vote heading in to the south carolina primary in early 2020 and other states and she actually is talking about something that doesn't get a lot of talk about sadly as kamala harris the senator from california is proposing doubling the amount of treatment beds at mental health centers as she wants to double this number available across the country and increase access to virtual mental health counseling and she'll roll out her mental health platform she did this on monday at an event in south carolina with a radio host charlemagne the god who's spoken about his own mental health struggles as harris's plan includes elements she's teased on the campaign trail where she frequently says americans need to just just as much attention on health from the neck up as from the neck down and in south carolina unveiling this strategy as she rolls out the plan there as south carolina one of the worst states for access to mental health care according to rankings by the nonprofit organization mental health america kamala harris campaigning in the south as she launched her campaign back in january and when she did that she stated the need to put serious resources into mental health treatment but her plan does not include price tags or details on what it would cost to double the number of treatment beds or cover her other proposals it does propose 100 million dollars in funds for american indian communities to address mental health but Kamala Harris kind of tapping into something a lot of people are not talking about. Well, one area that people have talked about over the Trump campaign and the Trump administration is Homeland Security and ICE. And the Trump administration's leaders of those organizations were in Raleigh, North Carolina here in the last couple of days as Republican leaders and Democrats alike are at odds over inmate holding policies by sheriffs and on monday the homeland security secretary chad wolf who's acting in that role and the acting immigration and customs enforcement director matt albans they were in raleigh 
in on, on Monday as North Carolina's GOP passed legislation that required sheriffs in that county to recognize ICE requests to detain jail inmates believed to be in the country illegally. The Democratic governor of North Carolina, Roy Cooper, he vetoed the measure, saying it was likely unconstitutional. Sheriffs in several of North Carolina's urban counties have actually refused to honor them. And that is out of North Carolina, some homeland security ice and local politics at play there on Monday. And that's a quick wrap of some of the political headlines from across the Southeast. When we come back in hour two, we've got sports land. You have to get the hour going to look back at some NFL and some college news and notes. And then our barbecue and Big 12 barrister will be paying us a visit, Matt Hermans. That's all ahead on Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. Message and data rates may apply. See purple.com for terms and conditions. It's Purple's biggest, comfiest Black Friday sale ever. Save up to $400 when you pair a Purple mattress with a premium sleep bundle. Make this shopping holiday simple and stress-free with the comfiest bundles ever made. Complete your Purple setup and get up to $200 off a mattress, plus up to another $200 off when you bundle two pillows, sheets, and a mattress protector. That's up to $400 off your order. It's time to feel the mattress you've been hearing about. The Purple mattress is the only mattress with the one, the only, the Purple Grid. It's the cool, innovative, no-pressure support that feels like you're floating. An experience that you cannot get with any other mattress. Shop great, then sleep great with Purple this holiday season. Take advantage of our best Black Friday sale ever and save up to $400 when you buy a mattress and premium sleep bundle by texting OFFER to 84888. Sleep great through the holidays and get up to $400 off by texting OFFER to 84888. That's O-F-F-E-R to 84888. From ooh to aww, whatever reaction you're looking for this holiday, spread more joy with custom holiday cards, calendars, and photo gifts from Vistaprint. And now you can get special Black Friday prices with 60% off all holiday cards and calendars, plus save on other memorable photo gifts like canvas prints. So get our Black Friday prices until December 3rd with 60% off holiday cards and photo calendars, plus great deals on photo gifts at Vistaprint.com. Just enter code RADIO60 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, code RADIO60. Orangutans. They're beautiful, playful, and majestic, and disappearing. Every day, as many as 20 orangutans vanish. They starve to death when their homes are destroyed or are killed when they stray into villages in search of food. International Animal Rescue is fighting for the survival of the critically endangered orangutan, but we can't do it without you. Please visit internationalanimalrescue.org and help us save orangutans before it's too late. That's internationalanimalrescue.org. The second half of this Tuesday Y'all Show up and going. John Raw, good to have you back here. 803-816-1170 is the number to call and connect with us here. And in this second hour of today's Y'all Show, we've got Matt Hermans, the Big 12 football and barbecue barrister, scheduled to come on in the next segment. And he's going to walk us through Bedlam, Oklahoma State, and Oklahoma getting together this weekend in Stillwater, as well as the other games of the Big 12. And is the Big 12 going to have a team make it into that four-team college football playoff? We'll get Matt Herman's take on that. And, hey, it's Thanksgiving week, and the guy that likes to barbecue and grill and all the other fun stuff he does when it comes to cooking, he's going to come on and weigh in about how to roast a turkey 
for Thanksgiving. And that includes Brian. That's B-R-I-N-E. Brian Talk. <laughs> All that coming up in the next segment and the rest of the hour with our friend Matt Hermans. But we start this hour with the football and baseball and a little cfl football to boot you guys you what did they say hey we're gonna have all that here in our sports land yap here of the second hour of the tuesday y'all show first off let's talk a little college football we've got the latest rankings from the associated press lsu still atop the ap top 25 at number one other southern teams include the clemson tigers at three georgia at four alabama at five the oklahoma sooners are at seven florida eight Baylor moves up to number 11 after their win over Texas this past weekend. The Auburn Tigers are at 16. The Memphis Tigers are at 17. They moved up with a big win against South Florida on the road. The Cincinnati Bearcats, which face the Memphis Tigers, are at 18. And that should be a good one at the Liberty Bowl this weekend. Also in the top 25 from the South, Oklahoma State is at 21. Appalachian State is 22. Virginia Tech, 23. And the Navy Midshipmen at number 24 in the latest Associated Press top 25 poll heading into this rivalry weekend of college football. Now, we've given the big boys lots of love here on the Y'all Show, as we should, but what about the little fellas, the FCS football ranks? Well, we now know the teams participating in the 2019 Division I Football Championship, and the first round of the FCS playoffs begin this weekend, and I'll just go ahead and list off all of the teams participating with a little emphasis on our Southern teams playing here on Saturday of this week. Holy Cross will be at Monmouth Central Connecticut State at Albany. And here's a good Southern pair. The Furman Paladins will be in Clarksville to take on the OBC winners, the Austin P. Govs. That game set for 1 Eastern, 12 Central Clarksville time on ESPN3. Another good Southern matchup features the Kennesaw State Owls of the Big South Conference in Spartanburg to take on the Wofford Terriers. That's a 2.30 Eastern time kick on ESPN3. Uh, ESPN3. Southeast Missouri of the OVC, the, the OVC's CMO, these Red Hawks are going to have Illinois State coming down from normal Illinois, and it's the Redbirds and the Red Hawks on ESPN3 saturday afternoon and then other teams you've got san diego at northern iowa north dakota is going to go all the way to the bayou and in thibodeau the nichols colonels await for a game and also in the state of louisiana you've got the southeastern louisiana lions hosting villanova in the first round of the fcs playoffs and then you got several teams that ended up getting their bye they're not having to play this week and that includes number eight seed central arkansas the bears out of conway who are the champs of the Southland Conference. Great job there. As they get to take the week off, they'll get in action later. And then you've got other teams from, like, North Dakota State is the number one overall seed in the FCS playoffs. The national championship game for FCS football will be right here in the South as Frisco, Texas is toyota stadium hosts the game it's going to be on abc and it will be on january 11th that's the saturday before the monday night ncaa division one fbs game the the college football playoff championship that takes place on monday this will be the game leading into that one and that again is in early january 
from Frisco. To the NFL ranks we go. A quick look at the standings now that we're halfway through the NFL's regular season. And the Pats continue to dominate the American Football Conference East Division with a 10-1 and record. Nip it on their heels. The Buffalo Bills with a big win over the weekend. 8-3 and are the Bills. The AFC North is a battle where the Ravens are on top. The Steelers nip it on their heels. And lo and behold, the Cincinnati Bengals have not won a game yet. They are 0-11. The New Cleveland Browns are the Cincinnati Bengals. In the AFC South, the Houston Texans are at 7-4, and and the Colts and Tennessee Titans are at 6-5 in the standings of the AFC South. More on the Titans in a second. The AFC West, the Chiefs have a one-game lead over the Raiders at 7-4. In the NFC East Division, the Cowboys are at 6-5. The Eagles are at 5-6, so right now, Cowboys in the driver's seat there. In the NFC North, the Packers and the Vikings have eight and three marks and are tied atop that division. NFC South, the Saints are looking mighty good. They got a close win at home against the Panthers this past weekend as Drew Brees and company are at nine and two. The Panthers are five and six. And in the NFC West, the Niners continue to look oh so good at 10 and 1 the Seahawks at 9 and 2 I took in my first NFL game in 20 years over the weekend as I was at Nissan Stadium to see the Tennessee Titans just throttle the Jacksonville Jaguars in quarters number 2 at 3 and 4 number 1 quarter was not that exciting but yes Tennessee with an easy win over the Jags and I enjoyed my time there. It was good to be back. I actually attended the very first game at Nissan Stadium in, I guess, Labor Day weekend of, 20, of, of, the, of the year 1999, which also is the year the Titans went on to play in their one and only Super Bowl. And I was at that very first game against Cincinnati, and I had not been back in that stadium or seen an NFL game since 1999 until Sunday and it was a it was a fun experience I was able to take my youngster there and enjoy his first experience there at an NFL game and I appreciated it what was really weird do you know who one of the biggest sponsors if not the biggest sponsors of Tennessee Titans football when you're at a game it's my old employer country music television CMT they had signage there actually gave away headbands that had the CMT logo when you went in the game and it was kind of kind of eerie to see that but sure enough CMT all about the Tennessee Titans and the Titans with a chance to make the playoffs if they can just keep winning hey about how about winning let's go north to the CFL and the Grey Cup was won on Sunday by the Winnipeg Blue Bombers which have tons of players from the south in the CFL and some of the great southern players are part of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers as they won their first Grey Cup since 1990, defeating the Hamilton Tiger Cats 33 to 12. So that's all I'm going to say about that. There, the Grey Cup going to Winnipeg. And finally, some baseball news as we wrap up our sports lanyap. See, we have all kind of stuff here in sports lanyap on Tuesdays. The Atlanta Braves have lost Brian McCann. He has retired in the offseason. So what are the Bravos going to do to replace Brian McCann? They've signed catcher Travis Diarnold as he's in a two-year, $16 million contract announced over the weekend. He gets $8 million in each of the next two seasons and agreed to donate $80,000 annually to charity. Never seen quite that kind of deal as he split a season last year playing between the Mets, Dodgers, and Tampa Bay Rays, and now going to be the Atlanta Braves catcher, one of the catchers for Atlanta heading into 2020 in the effort to try to replace Brian McCann, and he'll have Tyler Flowers also able to help him out in that role as a catcher 
for Brian Snitker's Ball Club. But that's your baseball update from the weekend for the Atlanta Braves. And that's our Sports Land Yap here on this Tuesday. Hope y'all enjoyed that great mix, eh? When we come back, we'll have a mixture of Big 12 talk, thanks to Matt Hearmans, and we'll get him to talk about roasting turkeys. All that ahead on y'all. Message and data rates may apply. See purple.com for terms and conditions. It's Purple's biggest, comfiest Black Friday sale ever. Save up to $400 when you pair a Purple mattress with a premium sleep bundle. Make this shopping holiday simple and stress-free with the comfiest bundles ever made. Complete your Purple setup and get up to $200 off a mattress, plus up to another $200 off when you bundle two pillows, sheets, and a mattress protector. That's up to $400 off your order. It's time to feel the mattress you've been hearing about. The Purple mattress is the only mattress with the one, the only, the Purple Grid. It's the cool, innovative, no-pressure support that feels like you're floating. An experience that you cannot get with any other mattress. Shop great, then sleep great with Purple this holiday season. Take advantage of our best Black Friday sale ever and save up to $400 when you buy a mattress and premium sleep bundle by texting OFFER to 84888. Sleep great through the holidays and get up to $400 off by texting OFFER to 84888. That's O-F-F-E-R to 84888. Rivalry weekend is headed our way this week. Welcome into the Y'all Show, our Big 12 Spotlight here on the All Southern Program. And we welcome in from the world of the Big 12 and the world of cooking bodacious barbecue and more, Matt Hearman's on to be our special guest. And last week, week 12 of Big 12, or rather it was Big uh, Week 13. It gets a little confusing, Matt Hearman's. Week 13 was, I think, last week for college. It was Week 12 of the NFL. And now this weekend, it's rivalry weekend going on in college football. But as we look back at last week, we had the song you're hearing there in the background, Oklahoma State with a big win on the road as the Pokes go to Morgantown and get the 20-13 to 13 victory over the West Virginia Mountaineers. Oklahoma, we're going to talk about this one with our barbecue and Big 12 barrister. They somehow escape over TCO 28-24. Baylor with a big win over Texas. The score not quite as close as it ended up being 24-10. The Bears sick them against the Horns. And we also saw Iowa State with a 10-point victory over Kansas. And K-State goes to Lubbock and gets the victory over the Red Raiders of Texas Tech. And Mr. Hearns, your summation of Week 13 of of the big 12 yeah i've got a summation um another week of really good football games across the conference that's kind of been the theme of this year i guess there's a couple different things one is baylor and oklahoma obviously at the top there but you know a secondary theme has just been a really heck of a lot of good close uh football games even between uh, seemingly mismatched uh, programs and that kind of that kind of held serve this week as well i think uh the number one, you know, narrative or storyline that comes to mind is kind of what we talked about last week regarding Baylor and the folks down in Waco. And there's, you know, we talked about uh, two different ways that they could respond to their uh, 
soul-crushing loss to Oklahoma. You know, it's kind of easy to go from undefeated and sitting in the the driver's seat for a Big 12 championship and maybe even playoff berth. And then to kind of have some of those hopes and dreams not not ruined. Of course, they're still sitting at they were still sitting at the top with Oklahoma, but you know, uh, taking a hit, if you will. Um, so, uh, but they responded in the way that I think Matt Rule hoped they would respond. They came out and completely dominated Texas. And you were right uh, at the outset when you mentioned that the final score, not even that close, was not uh, was even less close during the game. I mean, Baylor completely dominated the Longhorns. Let's be honest. Ball. Texas didn't even get a touchdown until about one second was left in the ball game. Garbage right, touchdown right. there. Gar- garbage touchdown, which I've never really even seen. I mean, Tom Herman calls a timeout and really game plans for the, the touchdown with five seconds left. As if, I mean, uh, you know, I guess he's got a reason for that. Maybe it's uh, giving the team some confidence moving forward, but I, I don't think I've ever seen a coach down I think 21 points with five seconds left. Uh, call a timeout to strategize on how to score. I mean, I don't, I don't know. That's a, let's that be a, honest. Were you pulling against Texas getting that touchdown? Because I sure was. I was like, come on well, now. I wanted the was, shutout I, for the Baylor defense. Hey, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, editorializing here. I'm always pulling against Texas, but yeah, okay. Um, no, I, as a, as a, as a, as a, you know, just a fan of of a good game and kind of wanting to see Baylor bounce back, and they did. It was just, I don't know. I didn't understand it. But at the end of the day, I guess, you know, Tom Herman, uh, we talked about this before too. Maybe his seat's getting a little warm. It's only year three. But Texas is not, they are not happy. And that that relationship that started off, um, you know, kissy face is now kind of going (laughs) a little bit south. And I use that term. It's kind of a little joke too. Tom Herman, but anyway, the rest of the games, you know, K-State came in Lubbock, another good game, um, able to come away with the victory, but a close, you know, hard-fought game. The Wildcats have bounced back after kind of a tough stretch. Um, Coach Kleeman really showing that he can uh, kind of rally the troops, uh, going from a ranked team, you know, in the hunt for Big 12 title, and then, you know, having a, having a rough streak there and now coming back. Uh, and winning a hard-fought football game uh, yeah. on the road. So, well, a 100-yard uh, kickoff yeah. return from Joshua Youngblood goes a long way in getting right. your Wildcats to victory. Hey, the Red Raiders are not going bowling. Is their 4-7 and seven. the best they hope for is to wind down the season this weekend with a victory over rival Texas? Are you a little bit surprised that the Red Raiders are not going to even go to a bowl this year? I'm not. Uh, I, I expected um, I expected something around the lines of 5-7 and seven or 4-8 and eight from the team. Okay. Just quarterback issues, um, defensive issues. I mean, this is uh, the defense has actually been improved uh, overall. Not a good defense by any stretch, but the but co- coach Keith Patterson um, from Utah State has come in and improved from about the hundredth ranked defense in the country to around the seventy first ranked defense. So not a great defense by any stretch, but defense has been improved. The offense has been uh, a letdown. The offensive line and quarterback play uh, has not been up to par. So. I didn't expect a whole lot more. It's not a surprise to to me necessarily. But that last game against Texas, that's a that's a game that <laughs> we talked about. Texas wanting to beat Baylor, could not do it. Texas will certainly want to finish the season uh, beating the Red Raiders. This is a game mm-hmm. not unlike the Baylor game where they feel entitled to win. So it'll be a it'll be a hard fought game, even though. Not a whole lot's on the line for either team. Well, yes, there is a lot on the line. You got the Chancellor Spurs up for grabs. True, bragging rights is sometimes as important as anything else and uh you know it's uh it's something that you can't really put a, a 
put a trophy next to you, although you do have the, you do have the Chancellor Spurs, and it is a rivalry game, and they don't like each other. And so, you know, hey, this is what honestly what gra- what's great about college football. People would say the game doesn't matter, uh, but for alums and fans of either school, and even at a down year, uh, we're going to be watching, and it does matter. So um, look forward to it. Hey, TCU and Oklahoma mattered in a big way as this one was winding down in Norman this past weekend, and Oklahoma somehow escapes with a four-point win, 28-24. This game, though, not without controversy. Yeah, no, definitely not. So this was a a game that Oklahoma looked to get their uh, kind of full-strength offense back on on track, at least in the passing game. Uh, Jalen Hurts looking forward to getting CeeDee Lamb back, um, which – it was a huge loss before that. C.D. Lamb, a lot of people think, um, maybe the best player on that on that football team. And uh, he's a multi-purpose type guy. He's a punt returner. He's a kick returner. He's a wide receiver. He takes a lot of handouts. Uh, uh, pardon me, handoffs out of the backfield. A lot of screen passes to him. Just a phenomenal athlete. And as good as Hertz has been, again, I think uh, you could certainly make an argument that Lamb is uh, probably the best player on the football team. At least you can make an argument for that. Um, despite the quarterback being the most important uh, position on the field. But uh, this is a game where they got him back. Uh, it didn't make a huge uh, impact right off the bat. But, um, yeah, Oklahoma has, you know, you, you kind of expected, and I think we talked about last week, I expected Baylor. I didn't know what Baylor was going to do as, as a previously undefeated team. I thought Oklahoma would come out absolutely poised and ready to um, roll over the Horn Frogs, but, uh, they seemed a little timid. Uh, PCU, which offense has been very, very up and down this year. Sonny Cumbie, of course, the offensive coordinator there, uh, has been uh, – he suffered some uh, some criticism on the way he's run that offense. Of course, he's dealing with a freshman quarterback in Max Duggan who seems to be talented, but freshman quarterbacks are what they are. So, TCU came out ready to play. Uh, Patterson's team, even bad teams that Gary Patterson has fielded, uh, tend to get a little bit better as, it, as the season winds on. Um, and Oklahoma, again, another hard-fought battle in the Big 12. It's almost at this point, you know, you just expect it, whether Baylor is playing uh, Kansas, whether uh, Oklahoma is playing TCU, which is essentially a 500 football team. You just expect good games this year in the Big 12, and Oklahoma got all they could handle. Uh, TCU not having the season they want. Um, you know, people in uh, Fort Worth certainly not happy, but uh, – uh, Oklahoma comes out, remains undefeated, and we have essentially locked in the Big 12 championship game, which is another subject because they've already played the game once. They'll just play it again, um, which, you know, logically, I guess we could probably dissect that a little bit and if it makes sense or not. But that's uh, the rules, and uh, we know who's going to be in it. Yeah, well, one thing I want to get your take on in that Oklahoma-TCU game, there was a controversial spot. Did you see that play? Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, what did you think about Did you think it was accurate? I, I don't have an opinion. I'm like an official here on the y'all show. I'm just sitting there. Calling, call I'm not balls. calling balls and strikes. Calling balls and strikes. Uh, I was surprised that it ended up where it was, um, to be honest with you. I mean, the, the weird – the thing about the uh, – I love the review, and I've all, always have loved the ability for the coach to throw the red flag. I like the ability for the booth to review um, close – calls and spots but one thing i think we've figured out is that uh, a lot of times the spot is very very difficult to get right um even in a situation you know where where it kind of looks like body position and momentum is, is in a certain spot there's all kinds of players around the ball you just don't have a camera that can look through bodies um 
and kind of do it. But I was surprised that call went the way it did. Obviously, that's a, a game. There have been several big calls like that in the Big 12 this year that uh, certain fan bases would say have been missed. Other other fan bases would say um, were not missed. I think this is one that was close enough to where it's not going to be a mea culpa by the Big 12 coming out like in the Tech-Baylor game saying, that ah, we screwed up. Sorry. Uh, but, yeah, I mean um, – Sometimes a spot is the hardest thing to review. There's just so much going on. So, uh, you know, uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't have a, a strong opinion on it. But, um, okay. you know, hey, yeah. Well, let's get ready for the final week. This is what we call Rivalry Weekend across college football. But the way the Big 12 works out, Mr. Barrister of Big 12 football, I wouldn't say the biggest rivalries in the conference happened this particular weekend. I guess, would you consider the Red River shootout rivalry there that the biggest rivalry within the Big 12? Yeah, yeah. I mean, certainly on a national scale. Okay. Um, absolutely yeah there are other rivalries that are that are pretty passionate but you know it gets the national attention and well that one ain't this weekend as that's held usually early october in the fairgrounds there in dallas but we do have some intriguing games and one game certainly that you would consider a rivalry weekend heading into this final weekend going on in the state of Oklahoma. We'll talk about this weekend's matchup in just a second, but let's first kind of have a little bit of a housekeeping note or two with you, Barrister of Big 12, before we get to the lineup here for this weekend. One thing of note is Charlie Brewer, the Baylor quarterback. He had to leave that game against Texas after taking a shot to the head late in that one. It looked like he might come back into the game, but no, he was sent away, I guess, with maybe some signs of a concussion. Do you know anything more about charlie brewer and his future heading into this final weekend um no i don't think baylor has at least the last time i checked i don't think baylor well you know most universities don't talk about injuries but they're not going to comment on whether he's going to be ready to roll or not um you would assume that at least during that game even if he was able to come back they were going to probably leave him out just for precaution but you never really know about the concussions and again baylor's not going to say anything i think we'll probably uh find out about an hour before the game or maybe we'll find out whenever baylor takes the field that's probably the way it's going to work out yeah. well i did see the backup come in and lead the bears for a little while do they have a pretty good backup plan there in waco their backup plan is hopefully charlie brewer does not get hurt okay so, um, that's uh he's not he needs to be there he's very very mobile he's very accurate he's underratedly he's been kind of the heart and soul of the football team which it has been the defense, that's for sure, but Charlie Brewer has not turned the ball over. He's been very accurate, and he's deceptive with his legs. He, he doesn't look very quick, but he's very athletic. So they need him, in my opinion, to do anything. All right. Well, we know now from Norman that one player had had enough injuries that he's walking away from the game, and that's tight end Grant Calcaterra. Did I say that right? Yeah, the, the big uh, tight end for Oklahoma um, had to – retire or made the decision to retire from football um based on some concussions he's had um you know big big loss of course uh, he, he's oklahoma's been without him for, for uh, a good amount of time but really good football player uh, oklahoma kind of has a uh, a run of of pretty good uh tight ends hunter um shoot my, oh andrews yeah um andrews is the the tight end i was about to say uh name somebody from arkansas it's another uh, crimson team but um you know uh they've had some good tight ends come through there calcaterra was the next in line he's very very good player but you know hey uh he's a guy who just decided that you know maybe 
his health and his future, um, maybe his family and kids down the road were going to be a little bit more important. Guy that probably had some pro potential, maybe not a first rounder, but I think uh, would have gone in the draft somewhere. But uh, probably a tough decision for Grant. But you know, it's a priority type situation, and certainly wish him the wish him the best. Do you remember any place specifically where he went off the field with a possible concussion? No, I don't. And that was the funny thing is is that um, you know every once you, you you see something like you saw Michael or pardon me Michael Brewer's brother Charlie Brewer. Um, and you knew that was a concussion and they talked about it, but a lot of times, um, concussions happen or the concussion protocol is, is kind of worked through and nobody ever knows, or, you know, the, the viewer doesn't know because it doesn't look like much. And the guy comes off the field and, uh, the trainer goes and talks to him and says, no, okay, we need to go through with the protocol and somebody who's prone to concussions, it doesn't take a whole lot and you might not even know it. So I don't remember any huge hit or any flashy, uh, injury, but, um, that doesn't mean a whole lot sometimes. Yeah. Well, again, he plays the tight end position, and we often focus in on the quarterbacks getting concussions, but I've been told before the players with the most amount of concussions are often the offensive linemen who have concussion issues, and they don't get a lot of, I guess, publicity when they go down with a concussion. And here was a tight end going out yeah. for OU. Yeah, um, a lot of collisions on the offensive line. There are a lot of hands to the face that don't get called, obviously. A lot of uppercuts and jabs and things. Um, so, yeah, not, not, a lot of, not a lot of flash, but probably I mean, that consistent head jarring is, is uh, just as bad. All right. Well, let's talk about some honors coming in for some of the Big 12 players, as Jordan Brooks is one of six finalists for the Butkus Award. That is the award, the Butkus Award, for the best linebacker in the land, and this Texas Tech star has a chance to walk away with that. How, that's not a bad thing coming out of West Texas. No, no. One of the one of the main reasons we're talking about a 70th-ranked defense and not a 105th-ranked defense is Jordan Brooks, the big middle linebacker out of Houston. Uh, might end up being the first linebacker taken uh, in the draft if you look at some of these um, uh, boards, I guess. Uh, Mel Kuyper, I think, is one that has him going first among linebackers. So, uh, really good athlete, uh, three-star guy coming out of Houston, uh, but had the body and frame and size, and he's become a heck of a player. He's got sideline to sideline speed, big body, um, sure tackler, um, and uh, by all accounts, pretty, uh, pretty good kid as well. So, uh, yeah, you know, a bright shining spot on a team that, that hadn't had a whole lot of bright shining spots this year, but um, good for Jordan. He's a heck of a player. Well, one of the reasons the Red Raiders did not have the shining spot this past weekend was a loss at home to Kansas State. And one of the reasons they lost that was that 100-yard kick return for touchdown from the Wildcats' Joshua Youngblood. And he has become one of just three players nationally to have multiple kick return scores here in 2019. His two return scores are also the most by a K-State football player, a freshman for K-State since 2011. And with all that great feats on the football field mr youngblood joshua that is is the big 12 football special teams player of the week a much deserved honor for this wildcat no doubt about it um, certainly somebody with that kind of field vision and athletic ability uh, is a weapon on special teams we saw it uh, you know there's different ways to look at it but could have been you know you can look at it as the difference in the football game and that, i don't think that would be uh, a stretch by any means so are you surprised by the amount of fair catches now on kickoffs in college football? It seems to be the norm, in my opinion. 
Yeah, it is. And I think, um, I don't know exactly the reason for that other than, uh, you know, I think there's, there's a numbers game there. I've seen, um, a, a theory there that, uh, for every kick return, um, that's actually fielded and taken back, there's a certain number of fumbles or muffs. Uh, fair catches are far more, uh, likely to either draw a penalty or result in a safe catch. I've seen that theory out there. I have certainly have not researched the numbers myself, but, um, you know, I think, um, I don't know, it's a strategy. I think it's a strategy. And I think if you've got a guy uh, that's, if you don't have somebody that's just totally sure-handed back there, then I think it is probably a smart strategy. And we can all, we've also seen, not only in college, we're not talking NFL here, obviously, but we've seen a lot of kick-catch interference type situations um, that can be to the benefit, especially in a group, in a crowd. There's not as many kickers kicking it through the end zone as there were uh, years ago. So, if you're gonna if you're gonna field a ball on the three or four yard line, you're gonna fair catch it, obviously. But uh, maybe in traffic, I just think it's a strategy coaches are using now. I think it's a numbers game, to be honest with you. All right, we're talking to our Big Twelve barrister and our thing, our guy that knows all things football, Matt Hearman's here, and we'll get him to talk a little turkey in the next segment here on the Y'all Show Tuesday edition. Over the past weekend, we saw the Pac 12s Oregon Ducks. They got declawed in their game uh, against the Arizona State Sun Devils and. The Quackers were, I think, number six in the latest college football playoff poll when they went down in flames in the desert. So with that loss by that Big 12 team, and we're talking Big 12 football, rather Pac-12 team, we're talking Big 12 football with Mr. Hearmans here. Does that help at all, the the option for Oklahoma or Baylor to somehow end up playing in the college football playoff? Yes, I think it does. I think, um, you know, the top three teams uh, – are pretty well set. I think you've got Georgia maybe there afterward, but Oregon was right in that mix as well. Um, of course, you got LSU one, you've got Ohio State right there, and I think you've got Clemson. Those, those teams, you know, barring something crazy happening, um, are going to be in the playoff. Now, of course, LSU is going to have to play Georgia in the SEC championship game. That that is something that. Uh, Make a big difference, right? Uh, we're not, we haven't gotten to that part yet. But as as far as this week goes, you got a really clear cut top three, and then after that, you know, Georgia's there, Oregon was there, so Oregon's not there anymore. Uh, so then you've got Oklahoma with one loss and Baylor with one loss, and I think the the voters are still going to like Oklahoma better. Of course, we have the Big Twelve title game, which is a rematch. Uh, Baylor, Baylor were to win that game. Um, put it this way, I think looking at the history and looking at how the voters have reacted to Baylor this year versus Oklahoma uh, when they, you know, they played each other and it was an extremely tight game and some of the other wins that you could look at and say Baylor has been more impressive, particularly um, Texas this last week, but they've rewarded Oklahoma with a higher rating just about every week. So I think Oklahoma has the best shot. Uh, they would of course have to beat Baylor and Georgia uh, is if they lose to LSU, then you've got an opening there at four, possibly I don't see any other Pac-12 teams going to sneak into that spot. So, theoretically, yeah, you've got a scenario where that could benefit Oklahoma. Theoretically, Baylor, I just think maybe Baylor has too much, um, too far to go in the, in, the, in the playoff rankings. Well, would you say whether it's Oklahoma or Baylor, you could feel assured that if both teams win their their game this weekend and then the one team that wins the Big 12 championship – they're guaranteed to be at least number five in the CFP. And the real question is, are they're going to be able to move up to four? Yeah, I would say probably five is as a guarantee. It okay. looks likely as far as four. 
What Under, what has to happen for that? Does Georgia need to be killed by LSU yeah, in the yeah, SEC? I was I was about to say LSU. Well, LSU will have to beat Georgia. If Georgia beats LSU, then the, everything changes, and I think the Big Twelve is left out. But, you know, that's of course if Ohio State continues to win, if Clemson wins, and you know we're we're hmm. kind of going down that road as well. Uh, but I think Georgia has to be beaten soundly by LSU, and I would also honestly say that. You know, Georgia just needs to be beat. A two-loss Georgia team that, admittedly, you know, good football team, but some some really lackluster showings throughout the year. Uh, you know, you can't say it looks a lot like of they lost to a four and eight program in Will Muschamp's team. I mean, that's, yeah, that's what it looks going to look like cool. if they lose to cool. the Clemson Tigers this week. Yeah, absolutely. And in a lot of really close games there, Georgia, a fine football team, but uh, the resume, if you look at the wins and how close some of those games were, I think if they're two-loss team. And, the, and you have a Big 12 uh, champ that's a one-loss team, I think you've got a real problem if you don't put the Big 12 team in there just based on um, based on Georgia's kind of resume this year, especially if they're pounded by LSU. So uh, anyway, that, that's what I think has to happen. I don't think there's a – Oregon was going to be the Pac-12 team, I think, that would sneak in there possibly ahead of the Big 12 team. I think they're done um, now. So I think it's uh, – you know, it all comes down to Georgia, LSU, Oklahoma, and Baylor. Those four as who gets the final spot. All right. And it would be great to see Ohio State go down in flames at some point as well. <laughs> all right. Let's talk yeah. about week 14 rivalry weekend, although not necessarily the biggest rivalry games, as we said, in the Big 12. You do have the Chancellor Spurs up for grabs in Austin as the Red Raiders go into Austin for that Friday afternoon, early afternoon game there televised on Fox. TCU hosts West Virginia in a Friday late afternoon game and now we come upon the Saturday action in the Big 12 Baylor who has a chance to play in the college football playoff the Bears can't well take the early hibernation route here this weekend <laughs> as they go to Lawrence and they've got less miles waiting there at Memorial Stadium this is a 330 Eastern 230 Lawrence time kick on ESPN on this football weekend K-State and Iowa State they get together on Saturday evening 7 Eastern 6 o'clock in manhattan kansas this is a televised game on fox sports one and then the big game in the big 12 this weekend it is bedlam as ou goes to boone Pickens stadium for a game against oklahoma state this is a top 25 matchup on fox set begin at eight o'clock eastern seven o'clock stillwater time mr humans your thoughts on bedlam 2019 don't uh don't sleep on um oklahoma state uh in this one this is a uh you know, this is a matchup. They call it Bedlam, and, and you know, I've heard people from Oklahoma tell me, well, I mean, look at the all-time series. <laughs> and uh, if you look at the all-time series, you'd wonder why it was such a heated rivalry. But a lot of the games are in, – and the reason I say that is Oklahoma uh, has completely dominated the all-time series more than you probably would imagine. But the games are, are really, really hard fought. They're usually fairly close. Um, this is, this is an underrated rivalry. This is something that, um, uh, if you're around this area, if you're, if you're a fan of big 12 football, you, you kind of understand how much dislike there is between Norman and Stillwater about two hours drive, but you know, a lot, two tons of, of, of hate, uh, between these two schools and <laughs> hard, hard game to win. I mean, Oklahoma again has won the majority of these football games, but. It's never easy, or it's rarely easy. Um, and Oklahoma State has kind of bounced back to become uh, an eight-win football team when uh, they looked 
looked a struggle in the middle of the season. Spencer Sanders been in and out. Spencer Sanders been good and bad. Um, Talon Wallace, obviously a, a deep threat that, that has gone down. But Chuba Hubbard uh, keeps on trucking. And Oklahoma's defense has not been a run-stuffing type defense this year. Um, the defense has been fine. It's improved. Uh, they've lost a couple of players on that side of the ball, uh, outside linebacker, for instance. But they have not been a, a team that comes out and just stuffs the run. And Shuba Hubbard, the, the, the leading rusher in the country, uh, he may end up having a field day if they can get any type of passing game going against the Oklahoma defense, which is kind of the question for the Oklahoma State offense. But Shuba Hubbard could come out with another 200-yard game. And if that happens, watch out. This could be a, a barn burner. The Canadian cowpoke, Chuba Hubbard. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, that will wrap up our preview of Rivalry Weekend, and that is one of the best rivalry games here this weekend in college football, the Sooners and the Oklahoma State Cowboys. When we come back after the break, hey, we've got Thanksgiving this weekend. Matt Hermans is going to weigh in on roasting a turkey. We had him dissect how to the deep-fried route last week. Well, how about roasting a turkey for Thursday? We'll get his thoughts on that as we wrap up today's Y'all Show. Orangutans. They're beautiful, playful, and majestic, and disappearing. Every day, as many as 20 orangutans vanish. They starve to death when their homes are destroyed or are killed when they stray into villages in search of food. International Animal Rescue is fighting for the survival of the critically endangered orangutan, but we can't do it without you. Please visit internationalanimalrescue.org and help us save orangutans before it's too late. That's internationalanimalrescue.org. segment of today's y'all show we've got our barrister of big 12 football now switching his hat and he's got his barrister of bodacious barbecue and of course thanksgiving turkey on right now welcome back to the y'all show final segment with matt herons matt happy thanksgiving to you and your family you've got a very special thanksgiving with your newborn being a part of your family for the first time at thanksgiving that's right that's right we do we've got a new new little little daughter to share some uh not turkey but uh you know share the holiday with <laughs> come on now i'm sure somebody makes some kind of uh, baby formula tasted <laughs> like tasting like turkey surely yeah yeah she, well you know what she drinks man that tastes a little bit like turkey just because of biology but yeah it'll be a new experience um you know uh cooking we have in the family down for us which is nice as opposed to going to them which is uh 
has its ups and downs. But we're looking forward to it. And uh, yeah, happy Thanksgiving to you, John. Well, well, thank you. Thank you. I'm going to have plenty of turkey and dressing throughout the entire week. So I will be set. Hey, we had you go through all of the fun of deep frying last week and if you didn't listen to our show y'all go back to y'all.com or any of our podcast partners and find that great discussion with matt hermans about deep frying if you can't deep fry here this year you might want to roast your turkey and at y'all.com clark shelton has a great article turkey talk roasting your turkey and i want to get before we get what clark has to say about that what are some of your thoughts on the option of roasting a turkey this is a great uh I'm, you know i'm glad we're talking about this i come from a tradition of uh smoking turkeys obviously i'm a, a barbecue guy but our family always smoked a turkey and then we started frying a turkey so we usually have a smoked and in a in a, a fried turkey but uh, my wife's family uh, their thing is roasting in the oven and um so we kind of we we're a mixed family, if you want to call it that, roasting and smoking and, and frying. We've come a long way as a country when we can get yeah, together and, and and combine these different methods. We're truly a mixed uh, mixed family there with the roasting versus smoking. So, what I would say is this: when it comes to roasting turkeys, the bottom line is for a turkey, you want to get flavor into the turkey. Period. We talked about. Um, we talked about deep frying the turkey. We talked about how you've got to inject. You absolutely have to inject flavor into a deep fried turkey, uh, which creates, uh, again, flavor layers throughout the meat because you don't have another way of getting uh, flavor into a deep fried turkey. Now, roasting is a little bit different. People, a traditional roast turkey is uh, some people put carrots and celery and, and onions in the cavity. Some people put stuffing into the cavity. Uh, some people put butter under the skin. Some people put uh, seasoning. Um, some people baste the turkey. These are all ways to attempt to get flavor into this giant bird uh, that we all know when you, you you start to get too far past the skin down into the meat. Um, it doesn't have a whole lot of flavor. I mean, it tastes like turkey, uh, but it, it doesn't have a ton of flavor. So what, the, the key is to get flavor into it. What I would tell you is somebody who's going to roast a turkey is to try brining the turkey. And, and what does that really mean? Define yeah. brining in the Hearman's world. I sure will. So what brining is, uh, people confuse brining and marinade, and they're different. And here's why they're different. A brine is a very salt-heavy type of liquid. So, for instance, uh, your typical brine, you would add a cup of salt, uh, somewhere between half a cup and a cup of salt, depending on how long you're going to brine it, per gallon of water that you're going to brine the turkey so if you go with the general idea, if you're going to brine it for four, five, six hours ahead of time, cup of salt to a gallon of water. You can even do more than that if your time frame is shorter. A marinade is not is different. A marinade can have oil in it. A marinade can have uh, ketchup in it. A, a marinade can have anything in it and is not terribly salty. The, the key to the brine it's kind of a scientific deal. A marinade does get into the meat. It does penetrate, particularly on the outside of the meat. Uh, but a brine is meant to substitute uh, the the brine liquid for the liquid in the turkey. So, in other words, the high salt level of the brine. I'm not going to get all Mr. Wizard here. but the Professor the Matt Hearman's our special guest here. <laughs> yeah, when it comes to meat, somehow it works for me. But uh, So, the brine, the, the high salt level will essentially go into the meat and pull out the the existing water in the meat so what you're doing 
is you're flavoring deeply into the turkey. So your saltwater uh, mix will essentially replace the liquid that is in the turkey already. So that means you will optimally, you will get flavor all the way to the bone of the turkey. It also changes the um, texture of any type of meat. Of course, turkey as well. It, it, it makes a little bit of a, uh, I don't want to say firm, like it's hard, but it, it changes the texture. It's hard to explain unless you brine a, a piece of meat. It's very pleasant, in my opinion, um, and it does give you that flavor that you might not have by just basting the outside of the meat. The, the other thing to the brine is, um, of course, you want to keep it cold. Uh, if you want to if you want to brine a turkey, it's not something you're going to leave at room temperature. Um, a turkey is a big piece of meat, so you want to put it in a large pot with the brine and stick it in the fridge. Uh, if it's just too big, you don't have room in the fridge, which is the case for me. Uh, you can always use a cooler. Uh, you can put the turkey in iced brine liquid for as long as you need. Uh, I'll probably do it overnight. Make sure that you have enough ice in there to where it stays cold uh, overnight. But um, you can add anything else you want to the brine, too. The key to the brine is you cook it. So it is salt and water. That is the basis of a brine, for sure. But you can also add a little bit of sugar. If you like a, a little hint of sweetness, you can add um, Thanksgiving-type spices, thyme, rosemary, I like herbs de Provence, which sounds fancy, but it's just a mixture of different herbs that kind of oh, taste. Say, like. say that one more time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a uh, like a, I guess a French mix. It's just it's just say it say, say, say say herbs de Provence. Ah. I, don't, I don't speak French. Yeah, we 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 getting romantic on here, but um, yeah. So anything you want to add to the brine besides salt is fine and dandy. You want to cook it. Uh, and then let it cool and then uh, pour it over the turkey or dunk the turkey into it after it's cold. The reason you cook it uh, is that will release all the flavors from the seasoning and, and herbs that you want to add to the brine. So I would I would encourage someone, if you're going to roast the turkey this year, brine it. Brine it overnight uh, and see what you think about that. I think it'll change your idea about roasting the turkey. A roast turkey for me can be a little bit boring, I'm going to be honest with you. But if you brine it, uh, you do have this extra level, layer of flavor that makes it, uh, well, it's a different experience. I would encourage people to give it a go. And again, go to y'all.com. Again, we have a great article up, Turkey Talk, Roasting Your Turkey, and we walk through some of the aspects of brining turkey. Nowhere close to the knowledge that Matt Hermans has, but we're doing our best at y'all.com. And we do our best each and every week when we have him come on and walk through some of the great cooking tips and his great info on Big 12 football. Happy rivalry weekend to you. That's probably the most important thing going on for you this week. Oh, and that Thanksgiving thing's kind of important as well. Matt Hermans, thank you. And we'll talk to you next week after you get loaded up on plenty of turkey via roasting or deep frying or any other method. That's right. I'm going to get some tryptophan in the bloodstream and try to take a little nap. <laughs> well, that will wrap up our y'all show here on this Tuesday. We will be right back here with an original show Wednesday. We will be taking Thursday Thanksgiving off. We'll be back here on Friday with our y'all kickoff show. So thank you for listening to y'all and get that turkey a brining.
Usage and data rates may apply. See purple.com for terms and conditions. It's Purple's biggest, comfiest Black Friday sale ever. Save up to $400 when you pair a Purple mattress with a premium sleep bundle. Make this shopping holiday simple and stress-free with the comfiest bundles ever made. Complete your Purple setup and get up to $200 off a mattress, plus up to another $200 off when you bundle two pillows, sheets, and a mattress protector. That's up to $400 off your order. It's time to feel the mattress you've been hearing about. The Purple mattress is the only mattress with the one, the only, the Purple Grid. It's the cool, innovative, no-pressure support that feels like you're floating. An experience that you cannot get with any other mattress. Shop great, then sleep great with Purple this holiday season. Take advantage of our best Black Friday sale ever and save up to $400 when you buy a mattress and premium sleep bundle by texting OFFER to 84888. Sleep great through the holidays and get up to $400 off by texting OFFER to 84888. That's O-F-F-E-R to 84888. From ooh to aww, whatever reaction you're looking for this holiday, spread more joy with custom holiday cards, calendars, and photo gifts from Vistaprint. And now you can get special Black Friday prices with 60% off all holiday cards and calendars, plus save on other memorable photo gifts like canvas prints. So get our Black Friday prices until December 3rd with 60% off holiday cards and photo calendars, plus great deals on photo gifts at Vistaprint.com. Just enter code RADIO60 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, code RADIO60. Orangutans. They're beautiful, playful, and majestic, and disappearing. Every day, as many as 20 orangutans vanish. They starve to death when their homes are destroyed or are killed when they stray into villages in search of food. International Animal Rescue is fighting for the survival of the critically endangered orangutan, but we can't do it without you. Please visit internationalanimalrescue.org and help us save orangutans before it's too late. That's internationalanimalrescue.org. Hi, I'm your host, Smokey Cole Bear. Filling in for Smokey, because after 75 years of... Only you can prevent wildfires. Turns out there's much more to say. Nearly 90% of wildfires are caused by us humans being careless, dumping our used barbecue coals willy-nilly. Guess the song was wrong. We did start the fire. That's why I respect Mother Nature and her trees, whether coniferous or new car scented. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council.